It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Welcome to Inspiration and Transformation from the Banks of the Ganga with Sadvi Bhagwati Saraswati, an American sannyasi living at the Parmarth Nikitan Ashram in Rishikesh, India. Sadvi is president of the Divine Shakti Foundation, a charitable organization bringing education, vocational training, upliftment, and empowerment programs to women and children. Sadvi is also Secretary General of the Global Interfaith Wash Alliance and Director of the world-famous International Yoga Festival. Join the musings of an American sannyasi as Sadvi shares the wisdom and teachings of her guru, His Holiness, Pujyaswami Chidanand Saraswatiji. Welcome, everyone, to Inspiration and Transformation from the Holy Banks of the sacred Ganga River in the land of Rishikesh, India. Why do we have to be spiritual when we have everything? Why do we have to also be spiritual? What's the point? Well, the truth is we don't actually have a choice. We are spirit. It's not like we make a decision, okay, I'm going to be matter or I'm going to be spirit. I'm going to be body or I'm going to be consciousness. The truth of who we are is there regardless of what level we want to understand it or see it. We're not changing who we are based on how we conceive it. What all of the the greatest sages and saints and rishis and enlightened masters of all of the world's traditions remind us over and over again in different ways is we're consciousness, we're spirit. The body's a vehicle, it's important, we take care of it. It's a medium through which we experience who we are, but it isn't who we are. So when we talk about why be spiritual, in a way, it's an interesting question because if you say, well, I'm not spiritual, it doesn't change the nature of who you are. You still are spirit and consciousness 
regardless of whether you're aware of that or not. So really the choice becomes not to be spiritual or not spiritual, but to live in truth or not live in truth. It's like saying, I don't believe in gravity. Okay, fine. You don't have to believe in gravity. Nobody's going to, you know, hold your hand to a fire and make you say you believe in gravity. But not believing in gravity doesn't make it not exist. Not believing in gravity isn't going to help you. When you walk off a building and you plummet to the ground, the law of gravity is a law of nature. It works. It's true whether you believe in it or not. Gravity doesn't care whether you believe in it. And in the same way, the nature of who you are doesn't change based on how clear you are about what it is. It's not like you become the physical body just because that's what you identify as, or that you become all of that which is not self, just because you've decided that's who you are. So we're spiritual because living in truth is important to us. We're spiritual because we want to have the clearest understanding and awareness of ourselves. It's it's all we've got. So when the questioner says, when we have everything else, why do I need to be spiritual? The question in return is, if you don't have truth, what do you have? If you don't have truth, what's the point? If we say we don't believe in gravity, it limits very, very, very severely the freedom that we have to live. Because if I don't... If I don't abide by or believe in the basic laws of nature, well, very soon I'm going to find myself severely injured or dead. Or if I need to prevent that, I've got to lock myself up in a room. Make sure I don't walk off any buildings. Make sure I don't jump too high. In the same way, If I don't know the truth of the nature of who I am and what the universe is, I don't have any freedom. If I'm stuck thinking, I am the body, it is all physical, that this is all there is, I don't have the freedom. To move through the world 
with choice. Freedom is not decadence. Freedom is not recklessness. Freedom is actually making choices and decisions for us, not based on what someone else says or culture says or society says. It's making a choice or a decision for me based on who I know I am. That's freedom. Freedom is not just, I'm going to be a rebel because I want to be a rebel simply for the sake of being a rebel. I'm going to do the opposite of what you tell me simply for the sake of doing the opposite of what you tell me. That's not freedom. I'm just as much bound by what you've said as if I follow it. I mean, if you say to me, eat your spinach, and I decide, no, I'm free, I'm not going to eat my spinach, I'm just as stuck as if I eat it. Because my choice of whether I've eaten it or not is still 100% dependent on what you've said. In one case, I eat it. In one case, I refuse to eat it. But in both cases, it has nothing to do with whether I want to eat the spinach or whether my body is craving and clamoring for spinach. It has only to do with what you've told me to do. And with real freedom, it only comes when I stop reacting to what other people, to what society, to what culture, to what indoctrination tell me to do. But I have to have another voice. Freedom is not just saying no. And anyone who's ever had a child or who has ever babysat a child or taught kindergarten knows that kids go through a phase of development where all they say is, no. Sit down, no. Stand up, no. Okay? Go to sleep, no. Stay awake, no. It has nothing to do with what they want to do and everything to do with just discovering this ability that I'm this separate being and I'm going to use it to say no. And it's an important stage of development for a two-year-old. It's not the highest level of freedom. Simply saying no isn't freedom. We have to have something to say yes to. And if we're living in a state of denial of who we are, then on what basis are we going to say yes to anything? If all we're doing is rebelling against the voice of society or the voice of culture or the voice of our parents or the voice of our ego or the voice of our fears or the voice of our desires, what are we saying yes to? Life is not about no. Life is about yes. It's just yes to the truth rather than yes to the non-truth. And so what spirituality does is it gives us access 
to the truth. It doesn't change who we are. We are spirit. We are energy. On a physical level, look at us under an electron microscope and what you see are whirling electrons. Look at it according to quantum physics. What you see is empty space. But in that empty space is energy of the spirit. Whether we say soul, whether we say God, whatever word we use, it doesn't matter. That's who we are. Regardless of how many times we shout, I am the body or I am my career or whatever, this is not a case where saying something a hundred times makes it true. So the point of a spiritual life is simply, it's true. It's like saying, well, what's the benefit of believing in gravity? Just to live your life in alignment with what's true. Being spiritual is living our lives in alignment with what's true. And that's why we're spiritual. The last piece to mention about this, though, on the other side, is, interestingly, science has recently done a lot of study about the actual benefit of spirituality. And what we now know if living in alignment with truth isn't important enough to you or isn't enough of a convincing argument for doing something, what we now know from scientific research is it actually makes you a lot healthier and keeps you alive a lot longer. They've, they've done all sorts of studies at places like Duke and places like Dartmouth of just the role that faith, that religion, that believing in God plays in people's health. I won't go into all the studies, but I'll just give you one. Duke University did a study where they watched people for 20 years, and they measured everything from what they ate to how much they exercised to whether they smoke to whether they drink to all of the different variables. And at the end of the study, they actually found something that they weren't even looking for. It was not a study about religion. It was not a study about faith. It was a study about lifestyle choices and how they impact our health and longevity. It's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, 
not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And what they found was that holding everything else constant, whether you smoke, whether you drink, whether you exercise, how you eat, holding all of that constant, people who regularly attended a place of worship, church, synagogue, mosque, gurdwara, mandir, it didn't matter, were 25% less likely to die of any cause during the course of these 20 years than people who didn't. Now, this was something that actually baffled the researchers because, of course, in the beginning they thought, well, it must just be that in our places of worship we're saying things like, don't smoke, don't drink, eat healthy food, you know, take care of yourself, the body's a temple... But when they held all of that constant, they found that the impact was still there. Simply attending a place of worship. Belonging didn't count. Paying your membership dues and never going didn't work. You had to actually show up. And it also wasn't the community element because then they thought, well, let's look at book groups, let's look at tennis clubs, let's look at you know all sorts of other social engagements. That offers its own benefit. But separate from all of the other benefits was just the benefit of being connected to our faith, to a spirituality, to religion, in a way that was strong enough that it actually made us show up. So that's another benefit. Should, should health and longevity appeal to you as more or as much or more than living the truth? It's another benefit to spirituality. It's another reason. to live a spiritual life. You're listening to OTRFM, part of the IOM Radio Network.
Being a radio host on IOM FM allows you to build your show on a rich platform with the power of the Internet to fulfill your outreach goals and connect with a very specialized and global online audience, unlimited by time and distance. Ohm Times Radio will provide you with web relevance, a recognizable conscious brand, and with the standard of excellence that has accompanied every single... Circle of Hearts Radio is a sanctuary on the airwaves. Join me, Grandmother Alaya, in the circle on Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern, as I share information to both enlighten and nourish your soul. Hi, this is Christina Ricci with Rain. Every two minutes, another American is sexually assaulted. If you or someone you know has been sexually assaulted, you are not alone. Help is just a call or click away through the National Sexual Assault Hotline. Please call 1-800-656-HOPE, that's H-O-P-E, or visit RAIN.org, that's R-A-I-N-N dot O-R-G. Brought to you by RAIN and this station. Welcome back to Inspiration and Transformation. I'm so glad to have you all back here with me. began with a, a statement about happiness is difficult to find within you and impossible to find outside of you. Yes, and yet, there's a third place. And this is where happiness is found. It is not found inside of myself in a vacuum. Absolutely true, very difficult. It is certainly not found outside of myself. You are not going to make me happy. Is there a third place? Is it, is it only just inner or outer? What about the place in which there isn't a boundary in which my happiness is not about me, nor is it about you, you just being the example of everything outside of me, but that the happiness comes through the experience of the connection between you and me. Now, Think about love for a moment, because it's, it's somewhat of an easier concept, and then we're going to take that into spirituality. I love you. Now, I can sit over here, and I can close my eyes, and I can experience my love for her in my own self. Not impossible, but not super easy, and certainly not something that's going to fill me with an incredible amount of ecstasy. But if I look out there, and it's only about her, and so I'm out of the picture, we're just looking for happiness outside, it's not going to fill me. She's sitting over there, doesn't fill me. The connection between us, that third place of the love in which we sit connected, 
is where the love is and where the joy is. Now, when you talk about real happiness and the happiness that's not about the stuff outside, it's not about an ice cream cone, it's not about a pizza, it's not about a raise, but that true, real joy, it comes from connection with that which is whether we say God, whether we say the divine, whether we say spirit, whether we say energy, whether we say the universe, whatever term we use, the only experience of real happiness comes when we are connected to that. Some of us have the experience in watching a sunset. Some of us have the experience in looking in the eyes of our baby or somebody else's baby or a baby we don't even know in the supermarket. I've had it happen. You have no idea who the baby is, but there's something in the eyes and you connect and there it is. Some of us have the experience with friends or loved ones. Some have the experience sitting in their mandir with an image of Krishna, of Ram, of Shiva. Some have it sitting on the banks of Ganga, connecting to Ganga. It's neither an inner experience nor an outer experience. It's a place in which I, as I identify as me, have connected to something that is eternal, that is divine, that transcends my body and the body of the person I'm in love with or the thing I'm in love with. That's where happiness comes. So yeah, it's difficult to do it inside. It's impossible to have it happen outside. But it happens in that, in that place where the inner meets the outer. Where I recognize that there is no distinction that all of, the, all of the separation was actually the cause of my misery. That, that illusion of feeling that I'm separate from the world, that I'm separate from you, that I'm separate from God. And when I realize the experience of connection, however it comes to me, in meditating, in chanting, in dancing, in doing yoga, in planting trees, in hugging a loved one, However it comes to me, it comes when I experience an expansion of me into the universe. The reason that we experience happiness with the fulfillment of desires is actually not from the object that has fulfilled our desire, it is because for that moment we no longer desire it. I'm going to give that to you again. It was complicated, but it's very deep and important. I desire a chocolate ice cream. I get a chocolate ice cream. Now, the very first bite of chocolate ice cream sends all of these great signals onto my tongue and into my brain, and my brain goes, pleasure, 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 pleasure. The second bite sends fewer signals. By the tenth bite, my brain is no longer responding at all. This is just neuroscience. The brain responds to newness. 
give it the same thing over and over, it stops responding. And yet, the reason I am still happy all the way through the whole ice cream cone and even for a few minutes afterwards is I am no longer desiring the chocolate ice cream cone. But contentment because I'm no longer desiring. It's not actually that the chocolate ice cream has made me so happy. What's made me so happy is, thank God I'm finally free of desiring this chocolate ice cream cone. It's that feeling. You know, we we want something so much, we finally get it, and we go, ah. But the real truth, if you really examine it, and we're really honest, the depth and the strength of the ah is not actually due to the pizza or the ice cream. It's due that, thank God, I'm finally free of that nagging desire. And that's the key. Which is why the more free of the desires we can make ourselves, the happier we become. It's not about the fulfillment. It's about becoming free of them. So I would change the equation slightly and say that it's an equation of the number of desires that we have become free of, not fulfilled. Because you fulfill it today, you're just going to desire it again tomorrow. Oh, it was so good, i got to do it again tomorrow. Now it starts all over. That moment of relief was temporary. And then we start desiring it again. And so if we can focus on how to become free of it. Liking something is no problem. Spiritual path does not say thou shalt never enjoy thy meal. That's not the spiritual path. Thou shalt numb thy taste buds. God has has given us a world uh, of such enjoyment. Enjoyment for the eyes, enjoyment for the ears, enjoyment of the taste buds. We love it. Fine. But we don't hook our happiness into it. We don't long for it with the desire that we're waiting to fulfill. It comes in front of us. No problem. Enjoy it. But don't Think about what's going to come, what's going to come, and that's the desire. And then when it doesn't come, then you're frustrated. That's the problem. No problem with loving it when it's there. The problem is the desire that then when it doesn't get fulfilled, you're frustrated. So aim for freedom from the desires where you've hooked yourself in. And then what comes? Love it by all means till and unless your doctor says that I did avoid those things. <laughs> this is OTRFM, part of the IOM Radio Network. OM Times Magazine is one of the leading online content providers of positivity, wellness, and personal empowerment. A philanthropic organization, their net proceeds are funneled to support worldwide charity initiatives.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Via Humanity Healing International. Through their commitment to creating community and providing conscious content, they aspire to uplift humanity on a global scale. Om Times. Co-creating a more conscious lifestyle. Do you have time to read that inspiring book? Or that blog post you've been meaning to get to? In your busy world, how do you improve yourself and keep your life going? I'm Lisa Kay, and my Between Heaven and Earth radio show can transform your life just by listening. Be uplifted with inspiring topics, positive stories, and ideas that really work. Between Heaven and Earth radio is conscious living for your soul. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Baldwin with people for the ethical treatment of animals. I grew up loving circuses and other traveling animal shows, but it never occurred to me what life might be like for the animals. Training wild animals to do things they don't understand takes force. Routine discipline with a hook or whip with the heel of a boot shows the animal exactly who's the boss. Don't patronize animal acts. Please contact people for the ethical treatment of animals. 757-622-PETA Welcome back. This is Sadvi Bhagavati Saraswati with inspiration and transformation. You talked about releasing the ego. How do we release it? If you have a child, and that child is in a toy store, or a grocery store, and they want something, and you say no. And that child throws a screaming temper tantrum in the aisle. And you start to shout at that child. What happens when you start shouting at them when they're having a temper tantrum? Does it get better or worse? It gets worse. The ego is the same. This is why I really not only avoid, but try to uh, 
explain otherwise than words like fighting our ego or conquering the ego or beating the ego or winning the ego or anything like that because the ego is part of you. And as I always say, even if you beat it, you're going to sleep with the loser. You've got a war. Whoever wins, you're sleeping with both of them. I mean, if you say, I'm fighting my ego, or I'm fighting my anger, or I'm fighting my lust, I'm fighting my greed. Well, even if you win, the beaten ego is still inside. The beaten lust, the beaten greed doesn't go somewhere. Doesn't, you know, stick its tail between its legs and, you know, walk out the door. It's still inside of you. And that's why I really try to avoid thinking about it as fighting it. When we talk about releasing the ego, though, as you asked, you also can't just release it like that. It's not sadly like a jacket that you can just kind of slip out of. It's intertwined into so much of who we are. Our ego is intertwined with our with our heart, with our emotion, with our yearning, with our desires. So unfortunately, you can't just release the ego like you let go of a jacket you're wearing. What we have to do first is understand the ego, look at it. What does the kid who's throwing a temper tantrum need? Attention. And so the only way that I've ever seen that works with a kid throwing a temper tantrum is to go and scoop them up and hold them in your arms. And yeah, they're going to thrash around for a little while. And then what you're going to have is a, a limp, sobbing child. who finally just comes into the, the chest. And this is really what happens with the ego, is it's exerting itself, and we're either ignoring it or we're shouting at it. And all that does is make it stronger, and what that does is distracts us even more. The havoc that the ego wreaks is less than the havoc wreaked when we decide to wage war on it. The ego is actually a part of us. And I always say, you know, I've got so much faith in God that if he wanted us to be born without an ego, without emotions, he would have created us like that. I mean, God is, God is perfect. However God wanted us to be, he would have created us like that. The ego is there for a purpose. It's crucial for children as they develop. There's very, very crucial stages of child development where they develop the ego. 
But then what ends up happening is the ego becomes a barrier. And the reason it becomes a barrier is it separates us from the rest of the world. The ego is the one that says, I, me, mine. That's what the ego does. It's all about separation. This is me over here. This is who I am. I'm number one. I, it's me against you. And all that separation prevents us from having what we really need in life, which is connection. Like the child throwing the temper tantrum. Why does it need attention? What does it get through attention? Connection. It doesn't need attention just if you keep your back turned toward it, okay, fine, buy what you want. No, it needs full-on, locked eyes, eye contact, mother, present attention. And this is what the ego is clamoring for. And interestingly, when we actually give it attention, it dissipates. Because that's all it was looking for, is an awareness. I'm also here. You created me. You developed me. I was really important to you when you were young. I'm the one that taught you. This is me. And probably the ego has been wounded. And I don't just mean wounded like today by, you know, somebody treating you rudely. But probably it's been deeply wounded at some time in our life. The ego is what holds expectations. We had expectations perhaps of our parents, perhaps of other family members, perhaps of the universe. And our expectations aren't always fulfilled. And the ego gets hurt. And so really what releasing it requires is first acknowledging it. How has it served you? And then understanding where it is now a barrier. I would love to connect with this person, but I can't because my ego won't let me. This is the person who five years ago tried to, you know, take my parking place or take my job or take my spouse and there's no way now I, even though that situation is all sorted, I can't, can't connect. The ego is what separates us. And sadly, and even more significantly, the ego is what separates us from God. Because there isn't room for us to be full of our lowercase s self, the ego, and full of the capital S self, the divine. Like we were talking packages, you've got to kind of choose. Who am I going to make room for? Am I going to make room for my ego? Am I going to make room for my desires? Am I going to make room for my arrogance? Am I going to make room for me, me, me? What's in it for me? What do I get out of it? Where, where's me in all this? What do I get? Or 
am I going to make room for God? And it's a choice we have to make. And again, there's no right or wrong answer. It's just a matter of the package that you want in your life. And the, the ego package tends to be one that comes with a lot of frustration. It tends to be one that keeps us separate. When what we're yearning for is love, we're yearning for connection. We're biologically programmed to connect. The last piece of this I want to share about the ego is the ego is that which prevents us from opening up to people. And that's, it's similar to connecting, but it's, it's slightly different. I may think I want to connect with you. Just, oh, let's, let's go and have tea. Let's be friends. Let's, fine. But in order for that connection to be really real, in order for that connection to feed me, my soul, not my ego. I need to really be open. I need to be vulnerable. I need to allow you to see me. Because if you don't see me, then we haven't deeply connected. And the ego is the one that says, oh no, Sweep that under the carpet. Don't admit to this. Don't tell that person that. Oh my God, what are they going to think of you? What is society going to say? They're going to think you're such a loser. You can't admit to that. You can't share this. You can't let anybody know that. And it's the ego's way of keeping us in jail. The only way to be free is to actually open ourselves up. And only when we open and actually let people see us and actually see others without judgment, without condemnation, are we able to really connect. And that's where it's important to release the ego. To just understand not my ego is bad, not I hate it, not I've got to wage war, nothing like that. But just thank you so much for the service you provided when I was young. Thank you so much for the service you provided in in high school, getting me to be the top in the class. Thanks so much for what you provided in college. You know, it's what kept me awake all night long. It's what, you know, made me study, 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 because I wanted to be number one. But now, more than being number one, what I want to be is open. I want to be connected. I want to experience, experience God in my life. And you can't do that if we're blocked up. And that's, that's when we start to let the ego go. And it's, it's a process. It's not an overnight thing. Because as I said, the ego is very much like an octopus with its hands and its arms in places that we never would have expected its hands and arms to be. And you think you've kind of removed it and then you experience, oh my God, look, there's another tentacle that I, how is it that my octopus has 32 arms?
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And you keep experiencing it. And you let go. You just let go. You know, Pujaswamiji always loves to share something that my dad says. My dad is a divorce attorney, and he's got a little little life sutra that Pujaswamiji loves and shares, which is, you can either be right or you can be married. You can't be both. And that doesn't only apply to marriage between a man and a woman in a you know, spousal, actual marriage. It applies to any deep connection in life, whether it's with a spouse, whether it's with a mother, a parent, a child, a friend, a loved one, or with the universe, with God. If I'm so sure that God messed up because this was not supposed to happen. Well, then I've chosen being right over my marriage to God. I know better than you do. I'm right, you're wrong. And that just separates us. And so we choose over and over when we're learning to let go of the ego, we just, in every opportunity we have, we choose love over being right. We choose peace in the moment over being right. And then slowly, slowly, our habits start to reform. We have a habit now to be right. But slowly, 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 Situation after situation after situation, we choose, okay, I choose peace. I choose love. I choose connection. I know I'm right. I know that what you just said isn't true. But our love is true. And I choose that love over being right in this situation. And slowly, slowly, there's, you're going to be so full of the truth, so full of that capital S self, that there just isn't a lot more room for the ego. And it becomes, becomes sort of vestigial and eventually, eventually dissipates more and more. This is OTRFM, part of the IOM Radio Network.
The number one reason girls drop out of school in sub-Saharan Africa is lack of access to feminine hygiene products. The Pads for School Girls Project, an outreach of Humanity Healing International, is changing this paradigm by setting up sewing programs at schools, teaching girls a vocational skill, while producing the reusable pads that help keep them attending classes. The girls pay it forward by making and giving pad kits to other girls in need. To learn more, visit HumanityHealing.org. Humanity Healing is where your heart is. Circle of Hearts Radio is a sanctuary on the airwaves. Join me, Grandmother Alaya, in the circle on Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern, as I share information to both enlighten and nourish your soul. When I broke my foot for leaving me alone when I wanted to be alone. And, and now, now, as a grown-up, I'm thankful for being able to take care of you, my dear mom, for taking you to your therapies, for understanding that sometimes you simply want to be alone. Roles change without us noticing. That's why AARP gives you the information to provide even better care for your loved one. Visit aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Welcome back. This is Sadvi Bhagavati Saraswati, and thanks for coming back and joining us for more of inspiration and transformation. Transcendental meditation is a very specific technique that actually was developed um, and propagated by Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. It's a a mantra-based technique that many of Maharishiji's disciples and students have taken and have propagated. But the term transcendental meditation, even though, of course, it's a very specific trademark referring to that style of meditation, meditation in general is transcendental. I mean, the whole point of meditating is transcendence, and yet, it's also imminence. There's two aspects. Transcendence means I move beyond the body. I am not this body. I am just spirit, consciousness, love, energy. That's, I've transcended it. I've gone beyond it. And yet, anyone who knows about botany knows that for a tree to really be healthy, it needs not only to grow up, but it also needs roots very deep in the ground. And our meditation needs to simultaneously actually help us transcend I'm not the body, I'm consciousness, I'm love, I'm energy, yes, I'm divine, yes. And help our roots be deeply connected. Because the capital S self, who we are, yes, consciousness, love, divinity. But we're in a body. Here we all are, in a body. And to deny that is to push away a very fundamental truth of our lives. <coughs> try, try meditating 
when you've got a high fever. Try meditating when you're in pain. Try meditating when you're nauseous and you have to keep running to the bathroom to vomit every 30 seconds. Not impossible. Very difficult. We are in a body. And if we're in a body, I'm a firm believer that whatever God does, it's done for a reason. That there's nothing that the divine would do simply so that we could undo it. Oh, you've been given a body so that you can spend your whole life learning how to ignore it. You've been given emotions just so you can spend your whole life learning how to ignore them. You've been given a heart and compassion just so you can spend your whole life learning how not to care. No. It doesn't doesn't fit the concept of a perfect God. I mean, if God had wanted us not to have bodies, we wouldn't have them. If he wanted us not to have emotions, we wouldn't have them. If he wanted us not to have hearts that break, we wouldn't have them. So the question becomes, how can I also have my roots deep in the ground? And what that means is not starting to think I am the body, Not losing myself in I am tall or short or ugly or beautiful or rich or poor or old or young. None of that. But recognizing that the body is the medium through which we experience creation. I can look at you totally separate, close my eyes, and experience love for you. Okay. But if I reach out and I take your hand and I hold it and with my eyes open I look in your eyes A. it's so much easier and B. it's so much more beautiful. The way we experience connection with the creation with earth with the people around us with what God has created with all of the other embodiments of love and consciousness and divinity. Because it's not that I transcend in a vacuum. Well, if I am love and consciousness and divinity, then so is everyone else. And what we've got is an opportunity to connect with all of the other embodiments in human form, in animal form, in nature form. We've got the ability to connect with our breath that connects us straight down into who we are and into the earth. So meditation actually should do both. If you think about being a tree, we're we're transcending So our consciousness is up here, and yet my roots are also going even deeper, and I'm even more deeply connected. Because the last point about this is, interestingly, go deep enough down, 
and it's all one also. If you look at the earth, the actual, literal, physical earth, go up into the atmosphere, it's one. Only right here on the surface are we separate, separate, separate. Go through these layers of the earth into the core of the earth. And what you've got is hot oneness of liquid. So it's actually a dissolving of the separateness, both through transcendence as well as through dropping into and through our physical experience here. This brings to a close this hour of inspiration and transformation. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so glad to be together with you all each week, and I look forward to being together again next Thursday, same time, on Ohm Times Radio. humans were naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when i was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming i wish i had used indeed if you need to hire you need indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 